Hey, welcome to Free Indeed. This is the podcast where we get into the word, tackle tough questions, get encouraged, and have lots of fun. Let's go. We serve a wonder-working God. He's not ashamed to call you his child. God is for you, not against you. What was meant for bad, he can turn for your good. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Free Indeed. Today's episode is special. Uh, it's a joint episode I did with my father-in-law, Dorn Wangard of Wangard Ministries, and his podcast called Hope for Today. We talked about forgiveness and offense, uh, and a lot of good things in there. Uh, how to how to learn how to be less offended and forgive more, and even if you disagree with somebody. How to still love them and get on with life and not get hung up on an offense, especially if it's a theological disagreement or something like that. Uh, just how to get away from those roadblocks and uh, keep on enjoying life and, and the relationships that you have. Hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengard, founder of Wengard Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Again, if you've been impacted by any of these messages and you'd like to partner with us, please text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. Or you can go to wengardministries.org and click the Projects tab or the Give tab and check out Awakening Fire, Flights for Hope, or Fire in the Hills and be asking the Lord if He wants you to sow financial seed into any of these projects. And then come and be a part of the work that God is doing through Wengard Ministries. Now today I want to introduce a guest on my show here on the broadcast. If you're watching, you can see. If not, um, you will be hearing another voice here. And this is J.D. Salazar, and he is my son-in-law. So this is quite a privilege that I have to be able to welcome you on the show. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. We, for sure. This is the first time I've had a guest on the show here. And so uh, if you can bear with us as we work through some of the uh, details of talking together and talking to you uh, as the audience through the camera here. So uh, I want to talk about something that has the power to set people free from things that may have held them in bondage for years. So today the message is called Forgiveness or Offense, Your Choice. When I think of what God has been able to do in my life after I've come into alignment with Him and His Word, I'm amazed at how easily it is that I can get distracted from the things that, that are truly important. So everywhere we turn, we have choices. And I guess actually on the show here, we have choices. We have two of us. <laughs> I don't know who's, who's good and who's bad here. <laughs> anyway, uh, when you are presented with a test or a trial, what your response is to it is it's, that's what determines the outcome. So uh, I've, I know I've talked on here before about uh, the event that happens and then your response is what determines your outcome. So think of this as another example of, of that discussion. So I recently came to the revelation that there's a major difference between tests and temptations. So tests are meant to build our faith. Temptations are meant to weaken our faith. God tests us by asking us to believe and Satan tempts us to be weak in faith or to doubt God's goodness and his ability to save, heal, and deliver. So uh, if you, again, J.D., if you have any comments on, on these things, break in. Sure. Uh, 
say how this is hitting you as we go along. We did sure. not actually do a trial run of this, <laughs> right. so this is this is the way uh, you, you, we're going to try this. Just <laughs> right. ad living as we go. Right. So yeah, I mean that what you said was good. I honestly I don't think I've ever heard that before about um, a a trial and a test and the difference mm. between the two. At least put that way. That was really good because um, it's so true. The devil uses um, trials to weaken your faith and destroy you and cause doubt. While God could use the same situation and use it to build your faith because when he brings you on the other side of it, you could turn back and say, God was in it after all. You know? Yeah. I. Uh, it's great that you didn't have a, a preempt. I told JD, I don't want him to, to kind of look through any of the things. or I don't want to really talk about it because I want him to hit... I want it to hit him <laughs> right. uh, just purely as as it's being delivered. So mm-hmm. if you think of it this way, we're able to see God's hand at work in, in so many different ways. But mm-hmm. think of it that God tests us to receive good because he's good. That's all he can deliver. Mm-hmm. So he says, believe me for this. And he gives us his word and he says, believe my word and you will receive good. So that's his test. He tests us to receive good. Satan tempts us to receive evil. So Satan says, no, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. And he did it with Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm -hmm. Same thing. God had given them his word. Right, yeah. And he, he he took what God said and caused doubt by questioning it and took the same scenario, you know, they couldn't eat of the fruit. And, and changed their minds about it. And then they went against God's word. And then, you know, here we are, uh, you know, because they decided to let it be a trial mm-hmm. in, instead of uh, a test mm-hmm. of faith. So let's, let's uh, start in James 1. I want to I read uh, verses 1 through 8 here. He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, I... you. You may have heard these verses uh, before, and I know I've actually talked about them on here before, uh, but I'm amazed at how many different things that the Lord brings out of the same verses. And it, to me, it's just a joy to, to read it and have the Holy Spirit reveal something new. Because when I look at where, where Paul is saying, or uh, James is saying, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. This is not saying that God brought the trials. So he's saying you have fallen into the trials. In other words, there's something happened. There's an event that happened where you find yourself in a trial. Mm-hmm. He says, count it all joy. The reason we count it all joy is because we have the power to, we have the answer to that trial. Right. And that is what the testing of our faith produces mm-hmm. patience. Right. When you're saying that, an image came to mind. You know the story about how Jesus calmed the storm. He was in the boat with the disciples, and they're, they're about to sink. And he comes out and says, you know, where's your faith? They had Jesus in a boat with them, but we have Jesus in us. We don't need, he's not external. It, that would be great in and of itself if we were in a situation and Jesus, you know, walks up to you and says, mm-hmm. hey, it's okay. We're going to do this. He's, his power is inside of us. His spirit indwells us, which is even better. 
So yeah. when you go into a trial, he's already there with you. You don't have to go wake him up from a nap. You need to awaken your faith to tap into the power that he has inside of you in your, your temple. So, so when, I, when I hear you say that, I, I'm, I'm thinking the more, just bear with me on this statement here, but the, <laughs> the more intense the trial, mm-hmm. the greater possibility of faith mm-hmm. uh, and, of, and of growing our faith. And maybe this is, uh, you know, we can say regardless of how you got into the situation, it's your responsibility to believe God's power to deliver you from it. Right. And, and then to grow in your patience in receiving God's goodness. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a growth that happens when we find ourselves in a, uh, a, a trial. Mm-hmm. I want to get to where we're discussing the differences between a, a, you know, testing of our faith, mm-hmm. which uh, looking at the trial being the test, God not bringing the trial, but when the devil brings something, God takes what he means for evil, mm-hmm. what the devil means for evil, and he turns it to good. In, in verse 7 and 8, it says, Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if you, if you have doubt in your heart. He's okay. a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So I want to just address the thing that God is not the one deciding what re- we receive. So right. he's saying, Let not that man think that he will receive anything. Right. But it's not that God's holding back saying, you don't have enough faith, and so I refuse to give <laughs> right, it to you. Right, right. He's he. What he's what James is saying here is that that unbelief or that doubt in your heart mm-hmm. simply cancels your ability to receive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like um, you know you you have a choice to receive something, and you're going you you know there's two buttons if you will. There's the faith button or the doubt button, and you hit doubt, and you're not going to get anything, you know. And so it's. That's the choice that determines what you get. Yeah, actually, verse 5 says that God gives to all liberally and without reproach. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying, I'm not holding back here. Mm. You have have everything that I've offered to you. It's available to you. Mm -hmm. Simply reach out and take it. Right. (laughs) So the limiting factor is, uh, I'm going to say it this way, it's our level of doubt. Instead of saying, well, you had enough faith or you didn't have enough faith, mm-hmm. how about you had doubt? Right. Because we are given the measure of faith. Mm-hmm. And this is, if, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you, you can recognize the fact that I look at things a little bit differently uh, than maybe what you've heard before or what even what I've been told. So when I hear someone talk about, well, they had enough faith or they didn't have enough faith and... Sometimes there's offense with that. Mm-hmm. So we're talking here about forgiveness and offense. And I think, where does offense come from? Instead of just saying, you know what? You had enough or you didn't right. of faith. How about saying, did you doubt? Right. So there is a level of mm-hmm. doubt that if I can just kind of give the, the scales, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the doubt can outweigh and mm-hmm. cancel out <laughs> your faith. Right. And you could probably liken the faith to the scale itself because if you had no doubt to put on one side of it faith would always win you'd always get what you Mm -hmm. wanted but when you add that to the mix it's going to 
now you have another variable that's opposing what you would normally get. But, and mm-hmm. you know, we're always gonna have to fight doubt while we're here in this, in this earth. I, I, as you're talking, I just thought of uh, the message that I listened to uh, by Bill Johnson, mm-hmm. where he, it was just a couple days, three days after his wife passed away. Mm-hmm. And one of the phrases, one of the things that he said is, uh, and he, I think he said the backslider or the unbeliever, or um, I will say it this way, the person with doubt, mm-hmm. We'll always judge God on what didn't happen. Right. And that's, to me, where if, if you look at where does offense come from, it comes from uh, unmet expectations, if I can say it that way. Mm-hmm. We've actually had some friends turn away from us uh, and begin speaking slander about, about my wife and I kind of behind our backs. And it was because of this very topic. The, the conflict had come primarily because... They loved someone who died of illnesses before their life was was done living. And some of them actually argued pretty angrily over this. And and they were saying that that phrase, are you saying that we just didn't have enough faith for them to be healed or that they didn't have enough faith? And they kind of took offense on behalf of the person that had passed away and and felt like it was it was a negative against their honor Mm -hmm. because they they. Uh, they do believe in uh, Jesus. They were born again. It's not that they weren't believing at all, and and yet they didn't receive in their body the manifestation of the healing that they needed. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I think one of the things that happens too, why that happens is because people are more comfortable with blaming God than just saying, I don't know why this happened. Yeah. But the thing is, is I'm comfortable with going to the I don't know why zone because I can learn something from there. God can say, this is why. And I can learn something from it when I say, I don't know, God, show me. But mm-hmm. if I'm blaming God, I'm too busy blaming him to figure out what's going on. And then I won't learn anything. Yeah. You know? It's easy to justify anger directed toward me, let's say. If, if, I have the mess, if I'm preaching a message or if I'm saying something to someone, it's easy for them to direct anger toward me. And, and the message of healing, but it's like they can kind of miss the fact that, and maybe you found yourself in, in a situation like this, if you're watching this or listening to it, where the anger, realize and recognize the fact that the anger is simply an indicator that you may secretly be offended at God. And turning that anger towards someone who is preaching a message of healing, instead of saying, I'm going to allow my circumstances or the circumstances of someone that that I love to determine what I believe. What I what I believe, I'm going to allow the Word of God to determine what I believe, regardless right. of what I see right. happen physically. Right. Yeah. So realizing this, that sickness is a temptation, and again, JD, this might be something you haven't heard, <laughs> um, but. I was thinking through this and going, okay, God tests us and the devil tempts us. So sickness, bear with me on this. Sickness is a temptation. We are offered the symptoms as an invitation to believe and speak that we are getting sick. Mm -hmm. And then we should all realize that Satan has no real power. His only tactic is to deceive people into using their faith and believe in the wrong thing. Right. So a symptom is offered, is maybe something is trying to, to come on your body mm-hmm. as a sickness, and your belief of the power of that sickness is a determining factor, probably one of the mm-hmm. major determining factors into whether you 
uh, find yourself going down that road yeah. or the wormhole of the sickness. Mm-hmm. And so recognize that you are being tempted to believe that that sickness has power. Correct. Instead of saying, wait a minute, by his stripes, I was healed. And so I want to, uh, you can think about that for just a bit, but I want to use the same scenario with worry. When you worry about something bad happening, you are then using your faith to help bring that bad thing to you. So the bad idea didn't begin with you. It was offered to you. Recognize the fact that we don't automatically just think negative thoughts. If you say, well, I'm just a negative person, uh, recognize that you are being offered negative thoughts. If you have been born again, I'll I'll stop here and say, if you haven't been born again, get born again. (laughs) Let's get started with that. That's a good idea. But if you have been born again, you have been given the mind of Christ. And I guarantee you, he cannot think negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. He has no worry, and he knows that by his stripes, people have been healed. Mm -hmm. So the thoughts that come to you about the power of a sickness and what it can do, or just worry in general, Mm -hmm. thinking about it in terms of worry is a temptation being offered to you. Mm -hmm. It's not something you're generating. Right. I'm I'm glad you, you talked about that, about having the mind of Christ really quick. I had a dream that confirmed that. Um, it's like I was having a negative dream and then it, I stopped and it's like I could see this man and twice he said, that's not you, you have the mind of Christ. Wow. That's not you, you have the mind of Christ. And it's like I could see in the spirit too while I was sleeping and then I woke up. Wow. I, I woke up and, I, and it was it was really uh, freeing because you know as Christians our, our minds are berated by thoughts from the enemy and we're tempted to feel dirty, nasty or guilty because of uh, unfaith thoughts, doubtful thoughts, and, and then, you know, and that's just an illustration to show that um, you can receive a thought or a feeling that didn't originate from who you really are. Amen. Yeah. Good. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so I want to continue on then in James 1, uh, verse 12, that says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed, or let's say, uh, well, I'll keep reading here and then we'll talk about it. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So that's very clear. What I love about these verses is that it is that there's no question that God is only good. Every thought that is good comes from him, and every thought that is evil or that is a negative thought comes from the devil. It comes from the other side. Mm-hmm. You could say that uh, there there is a... a a remnant of the old man, and and actually JD had a, a podcast. He has a podcast called Free Indeed, which uh, if you get a chance, go find it, listen to it. Uh, he had he just did one that he talked about a smoker. <laughs> and again, no offense if you have uh, no dealt with yeah. you know smoking, uh, but there is a a, a residue that. Of, of smell mm-hmm. that he talking about get in a vehicle that if you buy a, a vehicle that's a used car and someone smoked in it even if it's been professionally cleaned there is still a residue of that mm-hmm. smell yeah. 
it doesn't mean that you actually put it there. So the old man is like the, the other person that was there. And yet that residue can still be around reminding you and trying to get you to believe that mm -hmm. this is you. But you have to say, no, that's the old man. The old mm -hmm. man is gone completely. He doesn't, he doesn't drive in this car anymore. Right. He doesn't smoke in this car anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm, it's not a representation of who I am. Right. So I thought that was a great Thank example uh, as well. Thanks. And thinking of this, that when we look at sickness, uh, we look at negative thoughts of any way, of any kind, or someone coming against us. Mm -hmm. So whether the thought is provided by the enemy as a an invitation to believe something negative, mm -hmm. or someone gets in your face, the results can be the same, where you, you can get uh, offended, or if I'll say defiled by them, <laughs> where you you receive what's being offered to you right. so when someone comes to you with with uh an offense of some kind or they're offended by you it, it your decision of whether you receive that or not will poison your own heart or mm -hmm. will free you from it right. so it's being offered mm -hmm. that the offense of the person is being offered to you mm -hmm. your choice what you do it ends up being if, if I would have a, a glass here, I would say, well, this glass has poison in it. I'm going to drink this poison and hope it kills you. <laughs> That's what offense does. Right. When, when I take that offense, I am tempted to have hate toward you, which poisons my own heart. It doesn't do anything <laughs> to the person because I could be offended at him. And if he chooses, he could say, I'm not drinking that poison. I refuse. And in fact... I will set it and I'll pour it out. I won't take it. That would be a strengthening of his faith. Mm -hmm. It would actually produce patience in your heart, right. which that would be, again, falling into various trials. Right. What you do with it is what produces that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it goes along with that old saying, you know, the, the more you do something, the easier it gets. And so whether the more you resist uh, offense, it's going to be easier, but also the more you accept it, it's going to be easier to accept it every time. So the question is, are you willing to forgive others all of the time? And, and if I think of it, tests and temptations, you know, testing God, God saying, believe my word. When you have a trial that you fall into, believe my word and be tested by the word saying you're healed or you are, you know, you are blessed. God has good things for you. Believe the word and let your faith be tested as you are finding your way out of a trial or mm -hmm. a temptation. But so many times these tests, uh, or I'll say it this way, the, the temptations, the trials and temptations actually come by the hand of other people. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not always just a thought that the devil offers you. Right. It's, it's not even, if we think of it, it's saying sickness as an example, um, hopefully we're not just always dealing with sickness. Mm -hmm. So you can go for quite a while and not be dealing with that type of a trial more likely the trial is going to come at the hand of other people right and so having the decision already made that we're not going to take offense i think one of the biggest killers in the body of christ is offense mm -hmm. and offense will kill you if you let it offense will it'll make you sick it'll it, if, if you're not willing to forgive your body will begin to respond accordingly right. mm -hmm. and so i i want to um just wrap up this this uh, 
little show here, this little broadcast, uh, with kind of talking through what Jesus is in our in our lives. He was actually he was presented as a a, a stumbling stone. Mm-hmm. In fact, in Isaiah eight fourteen, it says, "But a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel." And he actually says, "As a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem." So. Isaiah was saying that Jesus will be offensive. Mm -hmm. Jesus will be a a stumbling stone. But that stumbling stone was then made the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. So if there was a decision, it's the same Jesus. Mm -hmm. He didn't change. It's how people received him. Right. And when in in, uh, Romans 9.33, it says, he's quoting this, but he says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Mm. So you could be offended or you could believe on him. And you will either be lifted up or you will stumble. The Pharisees, the religious people, they stumbled at Jesus. And it was the same person, the same Jesus, but a different action, Mm -hmm. a different response. It was all depending on the heart of the person that that was hearing Jesus. And... They either received a blessing or a curse, whatever they whatever they chose. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I want to uh, leave this with you. If you're listening to this or, or watching it, that become the, the the person that Jesus died to make you. Like he mm-hmm. he died to give you freedom. He died to right. give you um, healing in your body. He died mm-hmm. to to bring all of the the things of the atonement so that you could know the goodness of God. Don't be offended by it. Don't be offended by someone else who is who is coming to you saying that this isn't true or whatever. Allow him to be the cornerstone in your life. Allow him to to bring that restoration that he died to bring because he there's you become the reward of the suffering of Jesus. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> any comments on on this yet? Uh this is really good. Uh I'm I'm loving it. You know, if you if you are willing to believe, then Jesus and the Word they they become precious to you. But if you're disobedient to the Word, if you say I choose not to believe this, the Word becomes more and more offensive, mm-hmm. especially if it's delivered at the hand or the, uh, at the mouth of someone else, and they're telling you something that right. you're allowing your circumstances to determine your your level of belief. It ends up becoming more and more offensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, you know, and, and you asked if I if I had a thought, and I just had it come back to me. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, even Christians can be offended at is how much more God God is way better than a lot of what the the church gives him credit for, and it's in the Word. But you know, if you have a brother uh, come up to you and talk about it, uh, just how awesome God can be, and they just they're not at that place where they can receive. Uh, that level of, of revelation of how good want, God wants to be to you, um, that can be offensive to like Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. He was forgiving people left and right, and the Pharisees they couldn't, mm-hmm. they they just couldn't comprehend it. So their immediate response was to be offended rather than humble and say, "Hey, what's this about?" Mm-hmm. You know, and it becomes a cycle of offense. Like mm-hmm. an offended person will try to offend people, maybe not try to, but will end up coming across in an offensive way. Mm-hmm. And so this is the challenge. Stop the cycle of offense. Be, be, if I can say it this way, overlooking reasons to take offense. Don't, don't look for the reasons to be mm-hmm. offended. Look for, for ways to forgive instead of 
being offended by either the word or by people who are speaking the word to you. In Psalm 119, 165, it says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. So if, if you're looking at Jesus being a stumbling stone or a cornerstone, hmm. don't stumble at him. If, you're, if your heart's going to be hardened toward something, be hardened toward your own circumstances. Right. Be hardened toward the, the things that would argue with the, the truth of the word. That's real good. And be soft and open to the word itself. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because it's like uh, on any situation, there's two sides of the coin. One side is for you, one side is against you. One's an enemy, one's a friend. And you got to choose who you're going to be in alignment with. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So make the decision today to choose forgiveness over offense. And you will find the goodness of God chasing you down in every area of your life. Remember, you hold the key to walking in peace. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Okay, everybody, hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was a lot of fun recording. And uh, if you have any questions, just remember you can email me at freeindeedshow at gmail.com. You can also include prayer requests. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description. And thank you so much. God bless you. And remember, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed.